Hello, welcome back to the Rachel Sermani's Finger That Points to the Moon podcast. Pleasure to have you listening. Pleasure to be speaking to you. It's a wild, early February morning. I'm enjoying it very much. So this is um, episode three of the series looking at the 10 rules for a creative life, which were written by Sister Carita Kent. We looked at the first three in the last two episodes. So we looked at find a place you trust and try trusting it for a while in episode one. In the last episode, we looked at two rules that I thought were bound together in a really nice way, which was the general duties of a student to pull everything out of your teacher and to pull everything out of your fellow students and the general duties of a teacher to pull everything out of your students and the rule we're looking at today is consider everything an experiment. I think it's cool even the order in which these rules so far have taken place because it makes sense that the rules that precede this one create an environment that allows this one. I was thinking about what an experiment is when I was thinking about my dear friend Phoebes, who's a medical scientist. I've known her since we were in secondary school. I remember being in art class with Mr. Bryson's art class, first week in S1. This tall and beautiful, gentle, doll-like creature um, came over and asked me so sweetly if she could sit beside me and um, from that moment onwards Phoebe Kirkwood and I were pretty inseparable for the rest of our secondary school life. I can't be more grateful for the friendship that I had in that period of time. It's overwhelming me for a moment. It's just so cool and now Phoebe's um, is a yeah medical scientist for someone like Phoebe, an experiment is a very particular thing. And for a scientist to experiment successfully, they need a controlled environment, one that every variable and factor can be measured. And I was thinking about how the first two rules in these rules for a creative life create, if you like, a controlled environment for the practice of experimentation for the creative being. Because we've got the place that you trust, so somewhere basically where you feel safe, and then also the mentality of trust in the people surrounding you in that creative or learning environment. Both of those things um, are factors and variables in your environment. And if they're not really in place when you're, especially when you're just beginning to explore your, your creative potential and capabilities and power, if you have that sense of trust in the place and in the people around you, um, this creates a space, as in the scientific one, that they might call a controlled environment for experimentation. You're going to have less fear around your process and you're going to be embracing curiosity a lot more. 
it's a good place to cultivate the practice of experimentation that then we take out into the wider world, for example, into a performance space. I love um, reading books by a particular Buddhist teacher. His name was Chogyam Trungpa. He's written so many books that I could recommend. There was um, someone called Atisha. Some of his disciples had been like, can you like boil Buddhism down into something very structured and formulaic um, and simple? And he came up with a whole bunch of rules. I can't remember exactly how many, approximately 60. Chogyam has a beautiful little handbook that I go back to all the time that elucidate these rules in his own interpretation. There's a lot of talk about the post-meditation experience. When we have our controlled environment, our safe environment for cultivating creativity and that mentality of experimentation, fearlessness, curiosity, that's a bit like the meditation, the formal meditation practice, where you have um, a cushion or a chair, a particular place that you go to in your house or um, a collective place, like going to church or a synagogue or a mosque. This is your controlled and formal environment in order to practice meditation, contemplation, prayer, etc. And then comes the post-meditation experience and that is the rest of our living life that's when we come off the cushion and enter back into the world it's in there that we hopefully reap the fruits and the benefits of the formal practice of the safe place so these slogans of atisha there's a few that i really love and one is regard all dharma as dream and the other be be a child of illusion. I love these two because they they kind of arise from the meditation practice, but it's when you're going through life that you might be like, whoa. Like, you know, you, ha you just have these moments where you're just looking at something. I was um, watching a concert I did with um, Celtic Connections the other night, and I was just seeing um, the funny scenario that... There's a whole bunch of us singing into these wee sticks that amplify, amplify the sounds of our voices and our instruments. These wee funny wee sticks with balls at the end of them. And we're so like so used to them that we just sing into them and we know what we're doing with them and we don't even think twice about directing our energy, our breath, our noises into these funny wee stick vessels with little electrical vines that then connect up to some giant system that's like bleeping and lighting up that to me is is being a child of illusion just being like what is that what is going on there and isn't that incredible and similarly regarding all dharma as dreams he 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 describes that as just seeing everything that happens to you as kind of um a dreamlike situation and it is because it's got that transparency in it the more you look in there so what I'm saying is here in my many tangents is that once you've cultivated that sense of fearlessness curiosity and experimentation in your own maybe private or personal space 
you then get to take that out into the rest of the world and it, it might arise more spontaneously for you because you've cultivated it in yourself. In terms of when it comes to being creative and experimental, I know some people who are a bit like scientists in that they are very meticulous. For example, if you're a producer um, or an engineer, say we're setting up a, a, mic, a mic system for the drum kit, that's always one where I witness a, an aspect of precision and meticulous measurement. And it's kind of a useless pro process if you don't have some sort of measurement and recording means in place so that you know what you've tried and not tried. Similarly, perhaps someone's written a song or a tune and they might transpose it through all the scale, like all the keys, or they'd engage with the cycle of fifths which is a, a really satisfying uh, way in which sound and key moves and links in with each other so yeah there are some examples of of being meticulous and thorough which which is something I totally like so admire um, but I wouldn't say I possess it <laughs> very very much. <laughs> so my, my method and mentality of experimentation is probably a little more reckless. When I'm writing a song and I feel like it needs a change, I don't have theory, musical theory, deep enough in my conscious knowledge to think, oh, what would be the relative minor to this this key or you know what what's the standard card key change that would occur and I think I know some of these aspects unconsciously in fact I think everybody knows these unconsciously when I work with kids their ability to know where to go in a melody and and harmonically is amazing it exposes and exhibits the what they've internalized from what they enjoy to listen to so I, I have this unconscious knowledge of where maybe I should go but sometimes when I'm feeling like a song needs to crack open somewhere or enter a, a new space I literally just have to move my fingers around the fretboard into shapes that I'm familiar with but I won't know what the noise um, is that's going to come out and sometimes it feels a wee bit uncomfortable especially if yeah, you're, it's like it's not maybe so satisfying harmonically initially, but that's also I think it's sometimes good to sit with that because it might just take a wee moment to settle. And the reason for that being you're just not used to that pattern in that way. I have a song called Bones um, that I wrote ages and ages ago. At the end, I just made some rash and erratic choices in what cards I was going to use in order to open up into a different space in order to push my voice a little heavier and higher in order to express the song which had this exposed sense and an anger which somehow by making those erratic choices and opening up the key a little bit so that it was ambiguous and a bit harsh created a particular feeling in the song so, yeah, you can experiment music 
musical theory style and you can also experiment feeling wise like it doesn't have to follow any rules there's another rule coming up in this uh, lovely list that we can talk about that particular thing a wee bit more and and this actually also makes me think of constraint as an experimentation I studied the sonnet when I was in secondary school. It's a very stringent and yet liberating structure to write within because of its stringencies. And all of this forces you into particular choices and decisions. And that in itself is an experiment. Like what happens if I create a constraint for myself? If I'm only going to put so many syllables into this line? Or perhaps it's rhythmic. You might want to push, add a wee extra beat in there so that it's in five or in seven. It takes a little bit of practice if you've not done that before. I would usually just go around a particular sequence a lot. I think that's five. So mess with that and use these rules, create these rules for yourself as an experiment to see what then comes. Start knowing that you can be, you can be fearless, you can be curious and you can experiment, you can embrace experimentation without um, having too much of an attachment to the result because that that's not going to be helpful for you. Um, in, the ex in an experiment, you've got an eye on your results, but you're in the understanding that the result will be something that is unknown. I was recently doing a mentoring session to help someone feel confident and empowered in their vocal expression. And I was really nervous about this because the phrase that was going through my head was, I don't know what I'm doing. And someone said to me, what if empowering someone to be confident in their expression isn't about knowing what you're doing? It allowed me to see um, that <laughs> the process and the whole kind of uh, trajectory and experience of my life as a creative being has been in embracing not knowing what you're doing. A lot of people want to know what to do in order to write a song. How do you do it? And the truth is, I don't know. But that's the magic. And I think what, what I realize a lot of the time is that if I'm working with other people and helping them feel empowered in their expression, it's allowing them to, to trust that it's okay not to know what you're doing. When I sit down to write a song, I don't know what the song will be. If I did, that would kind of ruin the whole process. If I were walking out on stage, ready to do a performance, and I knew what was going to happen, or I thought I should know what's going to happen, then that will create a really intense uh, and probably negative experience for me because I can't control what's going to happen in that circumstance. I can't control... Um, when my string is going to break, when my voice is going to break, what the audience is going to react like. 
none of that is within my control and and really for me it's it's quite beautiful not knowing and I realize that's like a huge part of what the creative experience uh, for me is is being all right with not knowing simply allowing whatever arises in you um, to be your expression which also has come from many many years of practice in safe environments and and um, exposing myself practicing in unsafe environments where I had to learn how to be whilst surrounded by multiple variables and factors that were uncomfortable so yeah remember that too considering everything an experiment understanding that you don't know what you're doing and that's part of it <laughs> that is so part of it so I hope this has been interesting and helpful for you let me know if it resonates or if you've got any questions further um, on this line because I could talk a lot about this and at the same time I think it's just one of those practical things that maybe we just need some practical practices to practice <laughs> so good luck and I'll finish with one of the other slogans of Atisha well one I've got two actually that I think will be are fun abandon all hope of fruition which is a good one come back to now abandon all hope of fruition and the other one is don't expect applause <laughs> these are very helpful slogans in the realm of creativity and especially in the realm of experimentation so see you in the next episode it's going to be an interesting next episode for sure we're looking at being disciplined and self-disciplined and following someone wise or smart okay so thank you very much let me know how this has been for you and um i'll speak to you soon after the last episode of this series has been released i'll be hosting a number of online workshops on the art of writing song as i have known and grown with it this experience won't be about writing a radio hit though you might It'll be all about cultivating confidence and creativity and feeling empowered in your own expression. The way I've always worked is through the exploring and cultivating of both my spirituality and creativity. The two are symbiotic, both require courage. Their union has been the lens and toolkit through which I process living here on Earth, so you can expect to be hearing from my expertise and experience in both realms that of creativity and that of spirit. There'll be creative writing exercises, drawing exercises, exercise exercises, as in stuff to do with your body or what is available to you in your own body. There'll also be focused moments where we work with the voice and practice strengthening that lovely center of expression and communication. There'll also be meditations to encourage the flow of creative juices. For each workshop, there will be 13 safe spaces. Having only a small number of people on the course will mean I get to give you lots of individual attention and to tune the whole workshop to the needs of whoever's in there. You might be a veteran in the art of song, 
are completely without experience. All you need is curiosity. Curiosity keeps you open so the magic of creativity can come in. Tickets are on sale now. To choose your preferred weekend and take leap into play, go to my website at www.rachelsermani.com. You'll find the link in the podcast description. I'm really excited for this. Guiding people in their creative process is something I love to do and have been working my way up to doing more of for a few years. It's so important to me that everyone feels welcome in the world of expression. Artistry belongs to all. Creativity is a life buoy. It keeps one afloat in a wild sea. I feel like the more you're able to explore and express yourself, the more alive you're able and willing to feel. So maybe see you there.